Today on Locked On Canadians, the Habs have made their first round pick and there are a multitude of reactions to it. So we're going to get right into that on today's Locked On Canadians. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 876. The Canadians have made their pick, and we're going to get into that in just one moment. But first, I got to tell you that this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to us customers eligible items only exclusions apply my name is laura saba also known as the actistic and i'm joined as always by scott matla and scott i think we're kind of gonna do a little bit of debating here about whether or not the canadians made the right choice at by picking david reinbacher at number five in the nhl entry draft earlier this evening thoughts so, and I know we're going to talk about whether or not they've played it too safe here or not, but I, and I know the immediate reaction is that this was a bad pick. And I think the biggest thing that I am looking at with this is a high floor does not mean a bad pick overall. I'm not thrilled with the overall selection here. In that, yeah, it looks like Arizona would have taken Reinbacher at at if the Canadians had traded with Philadelphia to seventh, and that means Arizona would have taken likely Reinbacher at sixth. Okay, there were higher ceiling options available for the Montreal Canadiens here, and that's beyond Mitchkov here. Is that Ryan Leonard was there, who I think. Maybe a little bit higher ceiling, not a ton more, but I think the I, the idea is there that there were options for the Canadians to make a pick here. And Zach Benson, Zach Benson is one of them, but and he fell a lot in this. And my immediate reaction is I don't love it, but I also don't dislike David Reinbacher. The idea he's been a lot of people who do scout tracking. There's a lot to like about his upside. We will have people who have watched a lot more of him. We'll see if we can get people who have followed more things in Europe closer to this. My first thought is it's not a sexy pick. It's not. And that much is true. And I'm not going to tell people that they need to love this pick because I understand why people are mad. But I also think the vitriol the other way is just, it's too much. Like it's, He's a perfectly, he has, and I I realize I'm kind of stumbling over my words here. This is not to say that I'm finding ways, things that I don't like about him. It's just that it's late. And I look at this and I go, Reinbacher has the upside to be that guy who plays 20 to 25 minutes. If he hits his ceiling here, which I think he is capable of. There is a lot to like in his game. He moves the puck well. He is developing that offensive upside. He went from playing nine, seven to nine minutes a game to playing over 20 in the NLA, in the Swiss League there. 
I think that says a lot. He's also a mature person. He's like, he said flat out, I am not coming over this year. I want to finish school and then make my trip over there. He has, he is a kid who has a head on his shoulders. And I think the biggest thing out of this is it allows the Canadians to analyze what they have in their prospect pool defensively. There are a lot of pieces. I do think Reinbacher has moved out of people who have not played pro games yet has moved up a lot to the top of this list. And I think it was maybe our friend Ian Boisvert who pointed out Reinbacher Hudson sounds like a lot of fun in the future. And that timeline kind of lines up for what you're thinking here, but I understand why people are upset. I just think that it is probably a bit more overblown than it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, uh, just gauging from the reactions on our socials, just as, you know, as fans um, or as podcasters, a lot of people have reacted by saying that they're really upset with this. Um, they think that they've sealed their fate. They're talking about the front office. You know, the honeymoon's over. Um, you know, some people are saying they don't want to watch the team again. You know a lot of people um, are being a little bit overly dramatic and it's not isolated to one or two people. I'm seeing a lot of jumping off the cliff kind of things. Listen, everybody, Please do not jump off a tr- off a cliff because the Montreal Canadiens picked a perfectly serviceable defenseman. I actually really like the kid. The, the issue that I have is not that they picked him. The issue that I have is that they picked him at number five when there were other uh, more inspiring, exciting picks available. That's the only thing. And, and again, like he is not in any way at fault. This kid has worked so hard to get to the NHL. Um, he's big. He's 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 great at you know he's he's great at playing responsibly. Uh, that was something that's definitely uh, the Canadians were keeping an eye out. Seems like an engaging kind of personality a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the kid. I just, I, and I'm not underwhelmed or overwhelmed. I'm basically just completely whelmed. Um, I just don't think that this was the pick to use on a David Reinbacher. And, and I don't know when the Canadians are ever going to be picking as high as fifth again, right? We don't know if they're going to be tanking next year. We don't know if injuries are going to help them at all next year. It's There's a really good chance that the Canadians next year will be picking, you know, 11 to 15 and, and not in the top five. So it feels like they wasted their opportunity to really swing for the fences here. But again, absolutely not Reinbacher's fault. So I don't think that we should be jumping off cliffs. Really, really not. Please do not jump off a cliff because the Canadians picked David Reinbacher at fifth. Uh, please do not quit on the team entirely. Give this team time a time time to work, right? Give Marty a chance to cook. Let him cook. Uh, give Hughes and Gorton a chance to prove that development is really where it's at. Give David Reinbacher a chance to, to attain that upside. And give the other defensive prospects a chance to make the team and, and become part of this unit. I don't I don't necessarily disagree with the idea of getting a really responsible, reliable defenseman. That is, I think, what everybody needs. They need that at, you know, they need that at their second pair, or they at least need one on each pairing, right? You, But you definitely need offensively creative defensemen in today's NHL. That's something that he doesn't have right now. But as we saw with Caden Gooley, like David Reinbacher, we're looking at David Reinbacher and we're reacting to him in a very similar way that we reacted to Caden Gooley. But Caden Gooley did the work. Um, it's not that his game is 100% perfect, but he was able to kind of leverage his 
responsibility, his shutdown defensive ability. He's, he was able to leverage it and work a little bit on offensive creative creativity. He's not fully well-rounded yet, but he made the NHL and made such a splash that other GMs were taking notice in his first couple of months on the team, right? So we, we were pleasantly surprised by that. So I want to give... David Reinbacher, the Habs, and their development team, an opportunity to surprise us like that. Uh, but at the same time, I just feel like, and again, if, if, if the Canadians were picking it like 12th or 13th and they picked this guy, I'd be happy about it. I just think that there were so many opportunities just to become, just, just, just a home run would have been there. Um, and at this point, they kind of, the issue is they kind of wasted that. And that's the only thing I'm disappointed in. I'm not like overly disappointed in the team. I did a live hit a few minutes ago, or at this point, it's a few hours ago, and people thought I was being overly negative. And I said, no, like it's not, I'm not being overly negative. I'm just underwhelmed. I don't think that this guy's a bust in any uh, sense of the word. Like he's almost ready to make the NHL. He just wants to continue his development. So I personally, Again, I'm not I'm not too down on David Reinbacher as a player. I'm just sad that the Canadians didn't use their opportunity differently. That's all. I, and I guess my thought on this is he hasn't played an NHL game yet. He hasn't played a game in North America yet. I I am just begging on everything is I don't want to judge this before he's had a chance to play before we know what the Canadians next steps are here. And I guess coming up, we're going to we're going to talk a little bit more is like, have they played draft week a little too safely or have they overplayed their hand a little bit? Because I have a lot of thoughts on that. And I think you and I have differing opinions on how this should have gone. So I guess we'll dive into that uh, in our next segment, Laura. Yes, and that is coming up literally next. But first, this episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. I want to tell you guys about something that I use literally every day. AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me and you want to be healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. That's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 in a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It supports all the things. It can be hard and expensive to keep track of multiple different supplements and vitamins, not to mention how hard it can be on your stomach. AG1 costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. But right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. We have thoughts. We have lots of thoughts. So Scott, let's talk about whether or not the Canadians played it way too safe. So my thought here is very simple. If the Canadians still held on to 31st overall in this and they picked David Reimbacher at fifth, I'm okay with that because I'm looking at who is still on this draft board at 31st overall. There's guys like Andrew Cristal. There is Ethan Gauthier. There are more picks going into round two. They still had 37th overall. The goaltenders, 
swinging on a guy like Adar Suniev, who has a big power forward upside. There's opportunities here. And we talked about Alex Newhook a little bit in that it is that potential, that Kirby Doc potential that they are looking to unlock here. And I do think that Alex Newhook has the skill and the tenacity and everything that Martin St. Louis is looking for in a player to be a, a very good middle six to top six inclusion there, whether it's a winger or as a center, it's hard to really know. But with trading 31, 37, and not trading back into first round or trading down here, I look at picking Reinbacher and I go on day one of the draft, you didn't do poorly based on some of the other things that went. Simashev went right afterwards, which might have been maybe a bit soon. Uh, Willander went before I expected anything. Toronto picked a guy who many people thought was going to go in the third, late second to early third rounds with their pick. It's not terrible. It's just, it's very safe. And the whole thought here is that people looking at this organization are going, they're not taking risks. They're not doing things. Everything they're doing is going badly. And they've labeled Mashar a bust. He hasn't played a pro game. He's played one professional North American game. One game of the Rocket went to the OHL where he played on a Kitchener team that was struggling across the board this year, and that's not his fault. Slavkovsky not reaching his just turned 19, 18, 19 years old, played, what, 30-something games last year in the NHL. Is an NHL player, has room to grow. They drafted Owen Beck, who many, who like people were talking about that is one of the smartest forwards they've seen. Last year, and we were part of this, the Owen Beck hype is off the rails. They drafted Lane Hudson, who should have won the Hobie Baker. And everyone is just acting like Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon and everyone here is just picking all these guys with no ceiling whatsoever. And the revisionism, quite frankly, is bullcrap. I get it. You wanted Mishkov, and you're going to immediately think that the sky is falling because they didn't pick that. It's, it's no different than the people who are mad at the Ted Lasso finale here. Just because your headcanon did not become reality does not mean the reality is bad. A high floor does not mean a bad pick. It is not sexy. I get that. I'm disappointed with the way day one went. It is not what I envisioned here. And I am hoping that there is some plan to get back into round two some way. Is it trading Dvorak? Is it trading Joel Edmondson? Is it trading one of those prospects you have in there for some combination of picks? Is it taking other picks and moving up to grab someone you are looking for? If so, yeah. And this is not the old Canadians. This is a team that has guys like Chris Boucher looking at underlying metrics and numbers and other things like that. And they're not playing it just purely on vibes. I am just begging the revisionism to stop here. I think they've played it a bit too safe. Yes. I do not think that it is Pompeii. The sky is falling on the Bell Center and the Montreal Canadiens will never be good again. People like, well, look at the Sabres and how they've loaded up and how they're already a contender again. It took them three failed rebuilds and 10 plus years to get there. They got Jack Eichel, turned it into nothing. They traded Ryan O'Reilly. Tage Thompson became good out of nowhere. You, No one could have predicted that Tage Thompson was going to be that guy. Then they got Darlene first overall, and he was struggling until they fired Ralph Kruger, and then they got Owen Power first overall. That's three top two picks inside of a decade. 
And you're going to tell me that I should compare the Canadians to that. No. I think David Reinbacher has a lot of potential. I think Slavkovsky still has a lot of potential. I can also think they played it too safe. Two things can be true, but I am just begging the sky is falling doom fatalist attitude to stop because then I just think you should go do something else because, oh my God, am I already tired of this? And it's been a few hours. I think we all need to calm down a little bit, but it does feel like Ken Hughes is kind of trolling us at this point. Um, he recently said earlier tonight that if he if they felt that there was a better pick, they would have taken it. Like, what is that? Is that in the face of criticism? Is that to troll the Habs fans? Is that to make David Reinbacher feel better about all the hate he's about to get through no fault of his own? I don't get it. It it feels like it feels like they did a lot of bold stuff last season, and then this season they're just kind of not necessarily disappointing, but they're just not they don't seem to be taking action real quick. It's going to be really interesting to see how next season develops because they had a very long leash at the beginning of last season. After the last draft, after the moves they made, picking guys like Owen Beck and Lane Hudson and going bold with the first overall pick, even though everyone said to play, to play safe, they got a lot of leeway from Habs. They got a lot of runway. And at this point, I think this season, if we don't see significant progress on any front... It's going to be two months before Habs fans check out again. It's like either we need to see like extreme tanking to get another high pick or, or we need to see vast improvement and, and, and make people feel like there's a chance that they could make, make a wild spot card, a wild card spot in the next couple of years. Because I think that all the goodwill that the front office has, has had, has enjoyed is now gone. Like now it's, you know, and, and a lot of people are like, oh, give them a chance, calm down. We don't always need to be so negative. But if you look at the vast majority of our responses, it, people are disappointed. Like, the, you know, this front office has lost the confidence of a lot of people. It, they've lost the confidence of people in the know when it comes to prospects, and they've lost the con- confidence of fans. I Here's my question for our listeners, and I'm also going to pose this to you, Laura, because I have my own thought on this. What does Kent Hughes need to do on day two of the draft and going into free agency to get people back on board here. Is it trading into round two and taking a guy like Ethan Goche, who is also a high floor, maybe a lower ceiling guy, but it feels like if that they pick, if that the Canadians had 31 overall and they pick Goche there too, people would be loving this draft so far. And I'm not sure if that's just what the cause on that is, but I'm wondering what does Kent Hughes need to do to kind of get people back on the vision here? Cause it felt like what six hours ago, this fan base was back in we're so back mode. And now it's the Canadians are basically a junior B team playing in the streets of Verdun or something like that. I have three possibilities. One is to fleece someone in a trade, anybody in a trade. We need a good, objective policing that'll bring confidence back or we need the canadians to stop looking at lower floor and start looking at higher upside i want extreme high upside potentially high risk that's what i want to see because then you take your safe pick in david reinbacher and you say all right nick now we're going to really like if it works out it works out or this player could be a massive bust but the upside has no limit. I don't want any more high floors. 
I want high ceilings. That's what I want personally. Or get two rounds and get two picks in round two. And without I giving think up the future. Without giving up the future. And I think that's possible because I'm the same thing. I want them to get into round two. I think there was talent there. I want them to keep the 69th pick nice for personal reasons. But like get into round two, take a swing at a piece there. And I do. And for free agency, I'm telling people do not expect a lot because the Canadians are still working around cap things until certain contracts are moved around. They shouldn't be spending in free agency anyways. Add to the team if you see the fit there. But I don't see the need for them to go out and splash money, especially in this free agent class. This free agent class sucks, if we're being very honest and respect respectful. It's headlined by Michael Bunting. So, you know, take that. I want to see what they can do to move out some of those older pieces here. And I want them to get picks in this draft. And my thought was to trade back into round one is lottery protect one of your picks even if it's the Calgary one or your pick in 2024 and package that to move back into this round. And if it's lottery protected, it moves to 2025 when you're expecting to contend again, that way, if you're bad next year, you have your top 10 protection or whatever it is. And then you can get into this draft here, but I am one man and I am what I am. What can I say? So uh, we do want to hear from our listeners in this, and I'm sure we will get plenty of questions when we do our Friday live show, which we have not mentioned on this episode yet. And we'll tell you all about that in just one moment, as well as our reactions to the first round. And that's all coming up. But first, this episode is also brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it is all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll always be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Scott, are you ready to tell the listeners that they can hang out with us at 8 p.m. this Friday? I mean, yeah, you can go hang out with us this Friday at 8 p.m. We're going to be talking about the draft. We're going to be talking about free agency and just everything. We're going to answer your questions. We're going to hang out. Maybe I'll talk about professional wrestling if no one else you know, wants to go, if no one else wants to talk about the draft, which it seems like a lot of people don't want to talk about the draft anymore. I want to though kind of steer something and we will have our mailbag after tomorrow's draft recap too so i want to talk about the first round here and i have a couple of thoughts the san jose sharks made out like bandits and i know jd and kyle are loving that i love will smith at fourth overall and i absolutely love quentin musty at 26th they made out really well in this draft i like i find it hard to fault them for anything and watching musty fall 226th overall is why I wanted the Canadians to trade back into round one. That was all I really wanted. We would have recorded this episode sooner, but we weren't sure if Ken Hughes was going to trade back into the round or not. So we waited until Vegas picked and then sat down to record this and then followed my internet and a whole bunch of other things. 
the one thing that I'm looking at this and going, Philadelphia had a decent first round. Don't love reaching on Oliver Bonk, but they got Mitch Kov, So Danny Breer continues to stay winning so far. Uh, Toronto picking Easton Cowan was a shock to me. And I guess we're ignoring kind of the, the elephant in the room is that Leo Carlson went second overall instead of Adam Fantilli. And that to me is absolutely wild because it was room the Ducks kind of liked Mitchkoff. They might have liked Will Smith. They went with Carlson. And I got to say, I don't know if I would have done that. I w- if they wanted a surefire going to be an NHL forward, I would have just picked Adam Fantilli if they were worried about Smith's making it. And I saw that and I just kind of went, that's certainly a choice. Not a choice I would have made, but it is a choice that they made. I was on mute again for whatever reason. Um, I keep doing this. I'm so sorry, listeners. Uh, I was trying to look up and figure out um, the reason they did that. I still can't figure it out, to be honest. Um, I'm trying to get a handle on the Ducks philosophy, and I can't. I, for whatever reason, I, I, I just, I truly don't understand. It was consensus. Almost everybody, I'm pretty sure everybody had Adam Fantilli at number two. Everybody. So what are what are the Anaheim Ducks know that we don't know? And the beneficiaries of that obviously became Columbus. Columbus making some very questionable moves of late in terms of trades and things like that. Just making things, doing things don't make sense for them. Um, and here they are with lucking into Adam freaking Fantilli. I, I just, I, I don't get it. And so I was trying to like look up like, you know, what did they say about it after the fact? Is there any indication as to why they went the way that they went? They have the reasoning. I just don't buy it. And that's the thing, like, with the Ducks, I get it. You have Zegras and you have McTavish and you have these pieces there. And Adam Fantilli is right there. And I mean, we talked about the Canadians trading for PLD and making the spine of that lineup, Suzuki, Doc, and PLD for years to come. And Carlson's fine. It's just that, like we've talked about with Reinbacher, you could have gone... For, and I have to get my hands on my screen right here because one day I'll figure out how to podcast on a video visual medium. You could have gone for the ceiling up here. Even if they went for Mishkov at two, they were swinging on upside, which, you know what? I can respect that risk, just like if the Canadians had done that. And they just kind of went with the middle ground there. I think they could have taken Fantilli and the Ducks core down the middle. Fantilli could play in the NHL this year. If he wanted to same with Leo Carlson. I don't know if he will or not, but he could. I just don't know if Carlson possesses the same potentially dynamic upside that Fantilli has. Fantilli reminds me a lot of a guy who could become a Pierre-Luc Dubois type. And I mean that as a compliment, not that he's going to demand a trade in three years. It'd be cool if he did. And then we can do this all over again. And like, and then LA gets him. And then LA gets him and we all get sad again. (laughs) But I look at Columbus and I go, this is a slam dunk for you now. You have Johnny Gaudreau. You have Fantilli. You have these young defensemen coming up. You have Mate Chuck. You have Yurachek. You have still Zach Wierenski. You have these pieces. Columbus laughed and all they had to do was make a pick. Didn't Galaxy brain it? Yarmo did his thing. And yeah, I get it. They will have Mike Babcock coming in. And that's rough. I get it. But... 
I just, it's wild to me. A lot of teams seem to pick for floor over ceiling and a lot of teams picked guys based on how they would play in the playoffs. And like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. You got to make the playoffs first. Exactly. I'm not a draft expert, but I look at, you know, some of the picks here and I go, I don't know, Braden Yeager going to Pittsburgh. I don't know. Not probably not my pick. Buffalo getting Zach Benson seems great. Oliver Moore going to Chicago is just unfair. Gabriel Pro going to the Rangers. Probably a pretty good pick there. There's a lot of talent in this draft that seemingly is being slept on. Round two, some teams are going to come out like bandits in that. And I'm afraid of what that means for the Canadians not having that pick. Uh, but we will react to that. Uh, the rest of the Canadians' picks on our Friday episode or well, our Thursday episode and on our live show Friday night at 8 PM. If you want to send us your mailbag questions, you can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. Uh, follow Laura at the active stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, wherever you get your daily podcasts. We're going to see y'all tomorrow for the mailbag and everything else. And then we will see y'all next time.